Last night, after spending some time with Deb and, and the family, Sandy and I, and uh, I was like, God, what, what do I say? Like, like what, do you, what do you say? Um, and I believe the Lord told me, this didn't surprise me, Dennis. I already gave you the words to say. And so Sam. And so this morning I'm going to speak of what the Lord prepared in my heart uh, through the week. And it's a message of faith and hope. I'm going to start with a, a story. Um, there was a, a guy who was very distraught, and he was standing on the on the edge of the Brooklyn Bridge, and he was contemplating jumping, and, and just life was hard, and it didn't seem like it was worth living. And uh, a police officer drove by and saw this, and snuck up behind him and grabbed him by the scruff of the collar and pulled him back, and it's like, "What are you doing?" And the guy said, just, just, you know, just, just let me jump. I said, you have no idea how life is, it's so difficult right now, and, and times seem very dark. I just, I just want to jump. And the officer said, well, I'll tell you what. You take five minutes, and you tell me all the reasons why life isn't worth living. And then I'm going to take five minutes, and I'm going to tell you why I think Life is worth living. And so the man went first and he gave his five minutes and the police officer went and he gave his five minutes and at the end of it they both stood up and they both joined hands and they both decided to jump. <laughs> because see, that's the way life can feel sometimes. Like, is it, is it, is it really... This, and I know it's kind of a pithy story, but it really is a parable to our culture today. And it feels very relevant for many of our spirits today. Because as a culture, as a society, we seem to be drifting further and further from God, the God of this Bible. And we're engaging this thing called secularism. And so we, we seem to want nothing to do with God, and we just want to go and do what we want to do. In fact, we see in our culture, at least, uh, it's kind of taken a, uh, an aggressive stance towards Christianity. I find that interesting that maybe not so much with other faiths, but definitely the Christian faith. But here's the thing. When you take God out of our lives... And, and you replace it, or you, you credit, credit this to all some cosmic accident that took place. If, if you take God out of our lives, and we try to get through this thing with, with you know, Oprah's self-help book lists, trying to go at it on our own, it's, it's really hard, it's really hard to defend life at that point. Like, you take God out, man, and you're just like, what? Why? What's, 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 what's the meaning? What's the reason for all that swirls around us? And there's so many people living in hopelessness right now. 
I heard a statistic recently. 22 of our veterans every day take their own life in hopelessness. That's darkness right there. See, when you take God out of life, I don't know how you could explain this thing. But you see, we're the church. And we're a group of people who profess faith in Jesus. And Jesus said, I am the light of this world. And then he said, you, you are the light of this world. You can shine into the darkness. You can shine into the hopelessness. We have a reason for our hope because we have the promise of God. The promises of God. We have his word. First Peter chapter one, he writes that we have been born again into a living hope. Living, it's alive. It's not something that's just uh, wishful thinking. See, in hope and faith, these things, they go together. As we grow in our faith, we grow in hope. As our hope grows, so does our faith. The stronger that we walk in faith, the more hope that we live with in this world. And this idea of, of faith is very important to this writer in Hebrews that he's writing to this church because of what's about to take place. Like really hard things were coming down the pike. I could imagine that maybe, maybe they're feeling a little bit like we're feeling this morning, just like we got sucker punched. And persecution is coming for the church and he desperately, desperately wants them to stand their ground. He doesn't want them to give up. He wants them to make it through the storm. I believe that's what God wants for all of us. Make it through the storm. And he knew that the key to their survival is faith. Is their faith. That's why last week we looked when he quoted the the Old Testament prophet, he said, my righteous will live by faith. In church, we are the righteousness of God. Why? Because our faith in Jesus and Jesus alone, that's what makes us righteous. Not our good behavior, not memorizing chapter and verse, not thinking we got it all together. Because of the cross, God looks at, our, looks at us and says, there's my righteous, and they live by faith. You see, faith produces hope. Hope produces perseverance. And this is the way that we make it through these darkest moments in our life. It's, it's the only way. And, and, and I think, how can people go through, say something that the Gulledge family is going through without faith. Without God. But yet we have a culture that's just pushing it away, pushing it away. But yet the church still stands as the light of the world. And so knowing how important faith is, the writer of Hebrews begins this, this beautiful dissertation on faith in chapter 11. And he begins the first three verses 
Uh, he kind of explains, or he wants to define it for them. He wants them to understand it. And it's not really a complete definition of what faith is, but it's the definition of faith in the context of persevering through the darkness. And I think how relevant that is for us today. Persevering through brokenness, persevering through hard times. He wants them to, to make it. I believe that's what God wants for us, each and every one of us. You can do this. We can do this. Not in our own strength, but by faith. And each verse kind of spells out this different characteristic of it. It's, it's kind of faith in action and, and faith in character and faith in understanding. And he just he kind of presents it so beautifully and so very simply. And so let's, let's get right into it. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 3. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. It's a very popular set of verses, especially the first one. It's kind of the, I call those the coffee mug verses. You know, you find them on coffee cups and, and uh, cards and T-shirts. But he's telling the church, faith is not a feeling. Faith is not some optimistic view of life. Faith is not you mustering up all you can get to have a real positive mental attitude going through life. Faith is not about having faith in faith, thinking, well, if I just have faith in faith and everything's gonna be okay. Faith is not brainless. It's not sentimental. It is a solid conviction on the word of God. And that conviction brings all of the future promises of God into our present reality. It brings all of the things that we can't see with our physical eyes so that we can see them. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. The assurance of things hoped for. You know, when you hope in something, that means you're, you're not satisfied with, with something else. When you hope in something, there's a, a dissatisfaction in our lives. And we're hoping for something different. We're hoping for something better. And so I, I believe what the scripture is telling us, that it's okay to be dissatisfied, unsatisfied with the way things are and the way things are going. And so we hope. But you see, in, in, in our American culture, sometimes we hope for the wrong things. Sometimes we get all materialistic about what we hope for. But you see, the majority of us, if not all of us here, we're gonna go home to a house, and we're gonna go home to a refrigerator, and water, and a bed, electricity. We have hospitals and police officers. We have... We have malls that are bigger than some of the villages I've visited in Africa. See, sometimes we hope in the wrong things. 
but there's something else that's deep down within every single person, whether they want to acknowledge it or not. Because the bigger question is, is this it? Is this it? Is this all there is? Or is there something more? Is there something deeper than just stuff? And see, that's what we hope for. See, faith is assurance in the things that we hope for. And the way it's translated in the original language, it's, it's, uh, the, the word assurance is, is it's our foundation, it's our substance. It grabs a hold of the thing. Faith grabs a hold of those things that we hope for, and not in a materialistic sense, but, but in that deep down interior part of us. It grabs a hold of something substantial and it brings it into now. It's solid, it's assurance, it's certain only because we follow Jesus. So that thing that's kind of in us and, and deep within us, that longing that we have, as Jesus followers, we long for the things that his coming will bring to us. We long for that day when he comes back and he puts this mess back together again. And maybe the things that feel so senseless, somehow, maybe, we can make sense out of it. And so as a church, we hope That while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, we, we long for that glory to be seen here on earth. This is what we hope for. First Peter, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And so we hope for the resurrection this is our hope that all of us who have put their faith in Christ will one day rise again to a new life. Because see, if Jesus didn't rise, this is a waste of time. This is all for nothing. But with assurance, I tell you, he has risen. And the assurance of hope, I tell you that so will we. First John, dear friends, now we are children of God and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he's pure. Do you realize that we will be like him at the resurrection? This, this broken bag of flesh and bones that creaks every morning when I get out of bed will be glorified because of the coming of Jesus Christ. This is where our hope is. And faith makes that assurance to us that yes, this is what's going to play itself out. This is what's going to happen. And the last in Revelation, <laughs> when Jesus comes, and this is what we all long and hope for, there'll be no more nights, and they, we, will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give us light, 
and we will reign forever and ever. We hope for that day that we will reign with our Father, his Son, and the power of the Holy Spirit forever and ever. Eternity, we will reign. This is where we put our hope. Not in things and stuff and, and cars and houses and bank accounts and jobs. That, that, just, that just ebbs and flows. That just all can go away. But the promise of God never goes away. It's always there. And faith, faith assures us of those things. It brings those realities into our present day reality. Faith brings hope. Hope brings perseverance. And perseverance is what we need to walk through this life day by day. It grabs a hold of that future blessing and allows the church to celebrate them today. A guy by the name of William Lane, he said this, that faith gives to the objects of hope the full force of present realities. And what it means is that we are living today in the future that God has promised us. We can live just a little bit today in the future that God has promised us. And that's the foundation of our persevering. That's how we can get up every morning in the, in the face of what seems to be so sensible, so senseless. we can persevere through the no matter what. No matter what life hits us with, no matter what it throws at us, no matter what war we're fighting, no matter what president is elected, the church doesn't persevere because of outside things. The church perseveres because we have faith in the promises of God and we hope. And we hope. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Faith is the assurance about what we do not see. <laughs> we know by faith that there's a spiritual realm that's all around us. And it's alive and it's active. We may not be able to see it with our own eyes, but it's there. And by faith, we say, yes, it is there. And I do believe that if we can just get a glimpse of that, even for a second, it would change the way we live our lives. It would reshuffle priorities. It would just change the way we live our lives. Imagine seeing the invisible spiritual kingdom of God, even just for a second. We looked at this a few months ago, but this guy Jacob in Genesis chapter 28, he's, uh, he puts his head down on this rock and he goes to sleep and God gives him this dream. And in the dream, he sees this ladder and it's going up into the heavens and it starts at earth and it goes to heaven and he sees angels ascending and descending on this ladder. And he realizes that, that something amazing is taking place here. And he wakes up and he says, surely God is in this place. And it's by our faith that we believe that to be true. And then he goes, and then there's this, this, this 
fear, this reverence that wells up inside him. And he goes, man, how awesome is this place? Do you realize that there are angels ascending and descending? Maybe even in this very room right now, there's a spiritual realm that's going on around us. It's fighting for our very lives. It's fighting for our very souls. This is how much God loves us, that he's not gonna leave us just hanging out there to do battle in a place that we just can't do battle in. Faith says, yeah, I'm gonna trust that God is with us in a way that we just can't understand, that we just don't understand. That he will comfort us in those times that we need comfort from, not from people, not from hugs, but in a way that's supernatural. Angels ascending and descending. And they're fighting that we would live into the abundant life that Jesus has promised us. Not the easy life, not the, not the there's no issues, there's no problem life, but abundance of life. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. You know, all the ancients, they're talking about all the Old Testament people and the nation of Israel, Israel, and they were commended for how they lived their life in this, this thing we call faith. They were certain of the things that God had promised them, and they lived in a very different way. They lived in a very different posture. It allowed them to follow and, and journey and move and interact very differently than those without any faith. There's a story that, that'll be referenced briefly in later on in chapter 11 and verse 34 about Meshach, Shadrach, and, and Abednego. And, and they're mentioned by this. He says, as those through faith quenched the fury of the flames. See, those three dudes, like, they wanted, the, the king wanted them to bow down. Like, mm-mm, ain't doing it. He says, I'm gonna throw you in the, in the furnace. Go ahead. King, we're not gonna bow down to you. See, God... God can save us. But even if he doesn't, he's still God. He says, yeah, in you go. Stoke the fire. They had no visual, they had no physical evidence. They didn't see the ladder moving up and down, but they prevailed. They persevered in persecution. And as they were in that furnace, God allowed them to peek into the spiritual as they saw the angel walking with them. What would it look like if we just took God at his word? I mean, I know that's hard, and, and I'm really wrestling with that right now, this very morning. But what if? What would the church look like if we took God on all his future promises and we just believed by faith? What would it look like if we really had faith in this idea that there's a spiritual realm and people are losing their souls to it? But we believe by faith. I, I think in part there'd be a lot less anxiety about the condition of the world and the condition of our culture. And I'm not saying there wouldn't be any more sadness or concern or, or, or brokenness. I, I'm not saying that at all but there would be a lot less anxiety in us. 
I do believe we, the church, would engage the world much differently if we walked in this, 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 this kind of faith. I praise God that Gary knew Jesus. But I will guarantee you people died yesterday that did not. And I'm not making stuff up. The scripture tells us that without faith in the Son of God, they will spend eternity separated from him. Call it whatever you want to. Hell, Gehenna, the lake of fire. The scripture tells us that they will, they will that the, that the smoke of their torment will rise up for eternity. What if the church lived with faith and didn't shrink back, didn't care about political correctness, but loved the way Jesus loved? What if the church took this verse to heart? And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. My God, your God, my God will meet all of our needs. Everything that's happening in our community this very morning, God can meet and wants to meet all of our needs. And that doesn't mean we walk out of here feeling great and happy, but you know what? We walk out of here knowing that he loves us. There's what we need. There's what we need. And he doesn't do it out of squandering or leftovers or, or you know, scraps out of the riches of his glory. God supplies our needs. What if the church took that verse, face value? What about this one? No, in all things, we are more than conquerors. More than conquerors. I'm not sure how much more you can get than conquering. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present, neither Trump, neither Hillary, neither Democrat, neither Republican, nor the future, nor any powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. Nothing separates us from the love of God. What if we really lived into that? Faith. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. The Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. Face value, church. Face value. This very morning, that's what we need. Face value. Faith says, yeah. Yeah. 
I'm going to believe that. I know that's difficult, and, and I don't feel very comfortable. But I could imagine if I didn't have that verse, what would I feel like? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope in a future. Do you realize that this verse is so misused? <laughs> because this verse was written to Israel when they're in exile. Like things aren't going well for them. And God says, okay, listen, I, I, you're in this situation and it's hard, but this is what I want you to do. I want you to live life. I want you to marry. I want you to pray for the, for the, the town that you're in because when it prospers, so, are, so will you. Because I have plans for you. I'll tell you, sometimes I don't understand those plans, not even one little bit. And I wonder how I can even put that up there this morning when it says, and not to harm you. Okay, I don't get it. I don't. Like, not now. Ask me in a month or two, and maybe I can theologically explain it all to you very well. But, like, gut level? Mm -mm. But I have faith that it's still true. In my misunderstanding, in my not understanding, I'm going to take that by faith. And somehow, in some way, God's got this. I wonder how the church would be different if we took these verses face value with the assurance, just like the chair you're sitting on right now. I wonder how we would be different if we took the promises of God at face value by faith, as sure as the chair you are sitting on right now. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. You know, we also kind of looked at this briefly a few months ago. We unpacked just the vastness and the greatness and the glory of this universe that we, that we live in and all the intricacies that, that unfold before us to make this planet inhabitable. I don't believe it's by coincidence. I believe it's by the design of God. And there's things that we still don't understand. We just have theories, mathematical theories. But yet... It's beyond comprehension. And God spoke it into creation. There's a sun in our galaxy that's 27 million times bigger than our sun. And now if you just let that kind of sink in for a minute, it would take approximately 300 million years to orbit that sun just once. God spoke that into existence. By faith, we believe that. 
And our galaxy is just one of 100,000 million other galaxies that he has created. And what blows my mind in all this is that our galaxy, our universe, is expanding. And so something is pushing into nothing. See, God still creates. God's still speaking his creation into existence. By faith, we know that to be true. By faith, he has, re- he has created everything from nothing. This is the faith we need today. The church needs today. And, and, and he, please, you gotta, you gotta hear me, okay? Because this is very important. Faith doesn't take, necessarily take away anguish and brokenness and hurts. And it, it, it doesn't. Jesus on the cross, Matthew and Mark, on the cross, the Son of God, crucified, the worst death of the day. You couldn't get any more humiliating or painful than crucifixion. He knew why he was going to the cross for us. And he spreads his arms out and he's nailed there. And as he's hanging from the cross, he looks up to heaven, he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And no one would say that Jesus lacked faith in that moment. In fact, I believe it takes faith to go right to God with exactly the way we're feeling. Exactly what's going on in our hearts. God, what are you doing? Are you kidding me? This is senseless. It feels senseless. Why would you allow something like this to happen? Can you imagine getting into the face of the creator? That takes chutzpah. Takes faith. And see, that's what we're invited to do. <laughs> God honors an honest heart. I can stand up here and be all pious and religious. <laughs> I don't want to. My prayer last night honestly was God, what the hell? <laughs> really? Really? But by faith, I know that he is in charge and command. And by faith, the friends and family of Gary will, will, will get through this. It's not going to be easy. Definitely not going to do without more tears. But by faith, we can move through it because we are confident in the promises of God and those promises can come right into our very reality this day. What if the church lived like that, just not in the hard times, but every day? Faith. All it takes is the size of a mustard seed. My goodness, how little is my faith then? And as we live into that, as we move into that, by God's grace, we can take the hopeless and the broken and the misguided 
those who are walking in darkness and confusion, and we could say, no, follow us. I mean, we don't have all the answers to all of the questions, but we've got the answer to the big question, and it's Jesus. And there is assurance in that, and there is confidence in that, and there is light and wholeness in that. And as life comes and just shatters our lives into little pieces, Jesus is there putting it all back together again. That's what faith tells us. That's what faith says. We don't walk through this alone. We don't, we haven't been neglected in any way. I really wrestle with the fact that Gary's mom hasn't been forsaken. And though my, my physical person wrestles with that, but there's a, a little piece of my soul that trusts it. And so as a community, we go forward this day in faith. Not easy, not without its challenges, not without tears, not without struggle, but by faith. Father, thank you for the gift. that you've given us in Gary. Thank you for the faith to know that he is with you in glory. Thank you for the faith that tells us that one day there will be no death or sickness or tears, but only the glory of God that surrounds us. Thank you for the faith today that we know that we are loved beyond what we can ever understand. Even in tragedy. Thank you for the faith that brings us together in community and that we can hug and cry and share stories. Thank you for the faith that we have in Jesus Christ who for us has forgiven our sins has reconciled us back to you. And one day, one day we will all be together in one church, worshiping our God. But until that day, strengthen us to walk by faith and not, not by sight. We praise you in the name of Jesus and thank you in his name. Amen. Amen. I love you guys. I'll see you next week.